Hi, I'm Trace. And I'm Lace. And welcome to our podcast. Yes. We're here to kind of talk about, so um, in our last episode, we had done a Zoom with um, Tiffany and she, we kind of discussed about how we had felt called to have a higher, a higher vision, a higher purpose and following and following that. So um, to kind of jumpstart, but we're still sticking with our theme this month of raising awareness through sex, human trafficking. Um, and I thought this was, a, we thought this was an important conversation that we've actually um, been asked a few times. Lacey's posted about it and gotten a lot of inquiries about it. And me having all daughters, I talk about this a lot as well. So we wanted to kind of do a podcast on it. Yeah. And so I'm excited because this is a topic that at least in my home growing up, we did not talk about. Um, I think lots of our followers could probably relate to the fact that um, they grew up maybe in more conservative homes where the topic of sex was not brought up. At least it wasn't in my home. And Trace is going to have probably a different experience. But so for me, I knew I wanted to talk to my kids about it, but I didn't have a big basis of what I was going to do or where or how or anything like that. So it was brand new to me. Yes. So that's what we're going to be talking about is how to talk to your children about sex, um, pornography, and to, you know, teach them or start teaching them at a young age about what those things are. Because the reality of it is, is that we live in a society that if they don't hear it from us as their parents... They're going to hear it from somewhere. And I'd rather yes. me be the one that's exposing my children to that because I'm at least going to be truthful and honest with them than yes. what the media and society or pornography is going to teach them. Exactly. And I think that's the point that I got to. I do not want the first interaction my child to have with learning about sex to be on the playground watching an iPhone. Like, yeah. And if you don't think that happens, like, then we are being super naive. Yeah. Because it does. It happens all the time. And we understand that it's a, a conversation that is, um, it's very awkward and uncomfortable to have. You know, it's like, I'm like 32 and I go to the movies with my dad and there's a sex scene and I'm still like, <laughs> like, I'm so uncomfortable sitting next to him, like during the scene or even with my mom, like it's just awkward and uncomfortable. Yes. But I think it's because, you know, I've wondered like, I am an adult. My parents clearly know I have sex. Like I have children. You know what I mean? But like my dad always laughs. He's always funny. He's like, no, all my daughters are still virgins in my mind. Like, you know, but whatever. Anyways. Um, and it's like, why does it, it doesn't have to be hard to talk about these things. You know, I think, um, like Lacey said, we come from a generation or we have parents that come from a generation where they were very much more proper. And they didn't yes. talk about these things. They didn't talk openly about these things. Um, kind of the same thing, like whether like with girls and our menstrual cycle. Like you, you didn't, you don't talk about these things. They're things that yes. you keep hidden, and you, it was inappropriate. It was inappropriate. And I mean, the sex talk that I got was, you just don't do it. <laughs> you just don't do it. Like here, you want to have the sex talk? You don't do it. Like that's I think it. Mine was like the fifth grade maturation video. And then Mrs. Moser's health class in ninth grade where you saw a baby being born. Like, that was my sex education. I didn't see that in ninth grade. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, we did the one in the fifth grade. No. But then when I got to ninth grade. In ninth grade, there was a health class, well, ninth or tenth grade, with Mrs. Moser. And it was a video of a woman giving birth. Yeah. No, I did. I missed that day. Oh, and your parents had to have, sign it off. I must have been ditching doing stuff with my boyfriend because I didn't get the sex talk. <laughs> Okay, okay. So, amazing. and then I think that we have... Amazing. 
They maybe they might need to bump that class up to like eighth grade. Like seventh, <laughs> yeah. seventh grade people. So, and I think then we're like moving into this next generation yeah. who is, and our children and like, uh, I got people, I mean, we're a little old school. We're like, we're not your typical millennial, but there's this next generation that they're so desensitized of sex because they learn about what sex is through society through um, such easy access to pornography, mm-hmm. that everyone is growing up with this unrealistic of what sex is and what it's intended for, and there's yes. no emotional attachment to it anymore. Amen. I think you... That was perfect. Yeah. Like, honestly. Like, that emotional attachment and how it can shape such young little minds, I think, is a part of, really, that society that we're missing out on. Mm-hmm. That will really impact kids for a long time. I agree. Okay. So, that's why we're here. Because we really have come to know that the only way that we can protect our own kids from sexual abuse, um, from pornography, is just to be open with them. And Mm -hmm. equip them with things that they need so they'll know how to handle the situation when it comes up. And notice that I didn't say if it comes up. Because there's no longer an if. It's honestly, it's a when. Mm-hmm. And it will happen. I mean, we all know that. And if and if that scares you, I think we just have to know, like, that's the day and age that we're in. Like, you will see it. They will see it. They'll be exposed somehow. Well, the thing is, is it's like, you know, I've talked, like, my husband, we've talked about this. And I think my dad did a pretty good job at keeping us very sheltered, which probably has its good and bad. But, like, you know... It's no longer in the day of like where you have to worry about your kids going to a friend's house and like accidentally, you know, finding a magazine or something like that, like which is how like my husband found it or had had their first experience. You know what I mean? Like it was, you know, and I mean, I honestly did not see pornography for the first time until I was maybe 18, 19 years old and I was working at a job. Um, as an assistant with a hairdresser and I was assisting for a male hairdresser and he had me stay after me and my other friend who were assisting him when he turned on pornography and was like joking and laughing about it and I felt so uncomfortable that I was like and I left and I quit the job and I never went back and so like that was like that was the first time they were and I, I remember just being so but I'm so I'm saying like my husband like you know kids see it when they're five I didn't see it till I was Till I was 18, but I was sexually active at a young age. So it, it's, it's, you know what I'm saying? And I think maybe that's sometimes the difference is. It doesn't matter. Yes. And I think sometimes when you are super closed about it, people are interested. Kids are interested. And so if you don't talk about it, they're either going to go and figure it out themselves through experiencing it, you know, one-on-one with someone else or through the internet. Well, and the key is communication. I think kids, and we live in a, I think we've gotten better at this as society as through generations evolving, and it's it's communication. It's having better communication with our children and treating our children like they're not just meant to be seen and not heard. Like, they have yes. some thoughts, they have brains, they have opinions, they have curiosities, and it's important that we communicate with them at a young age, you know? Um... I imagine, for me, I feel like I will be, I'll know I was a successful parent when my children um, encounter these experiences and they encounter pornography for the first time or someone has tried, tries to, or tries to, you know, 
sexually abuse them or even if it's like when they're in high school and they have a boyfriend who's pressuring them to have sex i will consider that i have done my job as a successful mother when they know that they can freely and openly come and talk to me about that and not feel and get swallowed up in shame and in this world of secrecy and of feeling like they are a failure or a disappointment i love that you said secrecy because I think that's such a big word because I remember reading a quote once that said pornography it thrives in secrecy yeah or I would say anything that doesn't bring light that brings darkness it thrives in secrecy um so I think a question that I get a lot is when should we start talking to our kids about these things and the reason why I get this question is a lot is because I posted about how I had a talk with my daughter about sex. And I literally went over everything, um, just all out on the table. And kind of to give you a background of why I chose what I did was in our faith or in our religion, when you turn eight years old, you get baptized and you're held accountable. And you're it's a special time. It's a really big deal of, you know, you're choosing to follow Christ um, when you turn eight years old. And so I remember meeting a woman once on an airplane when my baby girl was, she was a baby baby. So she was probably only a couple months old. And I remember this woman telling me how she was talking to her boys at the time, they were eight and 10 about sex. And I loved the way that she worded it. And she said, it's all about the presentation for kids. She's like, if you are weird about it, if you act like it's something to be like embarrassed about, then it's weird. She's like, but if you're just like, this is super cool. Like we're going to have this conversation now because you're growing up and you're eight years old and it's really exciting that we get to learn about this stuff and how our bodies are made and how Heavenly Father made us. And she made it sound so cool that I was like, okay, when my daughter turns eight, this is the way I want to talk to her about it. And so I sat down. um, This was a couple months before she turned eight. So she was seven at the time still. And I told her everything from like the anatomy for a man and the anatomy for a woman. And keep in mind, like we are an open family anyway. So I felt like it was fairly easy. But what I remember the biggest takeaway was for me was it was actually really natural and really normal. And it was nothing like I had envisioned in my head. Like I remember being like so scared to death, like, holy crap, like, how am I going to talk about this? But it was so normal. Like, it's what what it is. Like these are our bodies. This is a man. This is a woman. These are their parts. This is what they do. Um, this is how babies are created, and this is how God made us. Um, and that is part of His plan is to procreate. And I was just very straightforward. Um, and you know, at one point, she's so funny. She's like my one who. She's almost too much like me sometimes in the fact that she's like so OCD. She had her marker board and I'll make sure that we post a picture of this on our <laughs> on our Instagram. And she's like taking notes. And so she drew like the egg and the sperm. And then she drew like, she wrote like penis and vagina. And we knew those terms. And I think that was so important for me to remember, like use the correct terms. Yeah. Don't shy around it. Like this is what happens. This is what we have. Yeah, I think, um, well, it's funny because um, 
Well, I remember, side note, which I think is funny, but I remember you telling us this story when you post about it and we talked about it and you were like, wait, she was like, whoa, so you and dad did that? And, and, and I only laughed because I remember what talking about with my kids too. And oh they're like, gosh. you know, they're talking about how babies were, cause I have, I just had a baby, you know what yeah, I mean? They're wanting yeah. to know how the baby got in there yeah. and they're like, like putting the dots together. Like, wait, so that means you had to do do these things like and you know it's more so for my bigger girls obviously you know um children are smart kids are smart and we like we said we need to give them more credit but i think that the conversations you're gonna have like our family you know you i think you have june has brothers so yes. she's not naive to weaknesses yes. and like, things like that. She sees them naked all the time. They're little boys yes. that run around naked. And, the, and yeah. our house, the only one who's running around with a tail, that my girls always call it. <laughs> the tail. Um, which they don't call it a tail, but they just, I remember when, it, I know when my girls first start saying, dad has a tail, I know that that's where they are of the age that it's time for us to start introducing the talk. Yes. So, yes. but it's only Shiloh and Shiloh's obviously not running around naked. Like when I'm in the bath, all the kids are around me. You know, I don't go anywhere. I can't do nothing without a kid <laughs> staring at me square, analyzing every freaking yep, wrinkle, yep. wrinkle and varicose vein. I got dimple in my butt. Okay. But like with Shiloh, they don't, they don't see that as often. So it's a little bit, the world of boys is a little bit That's new to foreign. them. And I think it's nice that we're talking together because... For our listeners, there will be those families that don't have boys. No, yes, you know, that yes. is all girls. And so at age, you know, three, but I, like you said, I think if you don't want to have a talk with a two-year-old, you know, it you're not obviously going to go into detail at age two. But one thing how you start at that age is, like you said, you use the correct terms. And I think it's also important for that will help prevent child abuse is that you don't use cutesy terms because it makes it seem like it's something that's like like fun like fun a game game. like do you know what i'm saying you use the correct terms you know and you say like no like a vagina a penis and you start talking about those terms so that kids are comfortable telling you and not even if someone's touching them or doing them like if there's something wrong if it's hurting if something doesn't feel right if you know if they have if they're experiencing something they need to know the correct terms so that you they know you know how to help them explain it yeah Yeah. you know and i remember it brings back so many memories of when i knew like i was going to sit down and have this big talk and being like okay like praying like lord please help me know what to say because this feels so like scary to me um I have no idea where to go. And you know, once I did that, once I just started talking, you realize how natural it really is. I mean, yeah. it is natural. I don't know why. I think especially in religious backgrounds, um, families who are extremely conservative, it's not talked about for various reasons. Um, and I just knew that I couldn't raise a little girl like that because of the world that we live in. Yeah. Like she needed to know and she needed to be able to stand up and say like, this is what this is and educate your friends if that if it came to that you know yeah and I think one thing that is also that can help is that you make sex and porn something that's easy to talk about it's not something you know and it's a fine line between 
you know, you don't want to desensitize your children to think that it's it's not important. You because you still talk about it in a manner that is respectful and and serious, but you talk about it naturally and you talk about it frequently so that they feel comfortable, you know, talking about it and they don't feel embarrassed yes. talking about those things. And you know, I think sometimes even as adults we feel awkward saying the word. I remember when I first started referring to it as vagina with my girls dude i remember i'll never forget when i was like you need to telling millie and she was helping me change edith's diaper and millie i mean was probably my my girls later in life definitely have gotten the talk way more than my first two because my first two they're probably around the same age as june seven eight because i didn't know yeah when was the appropriate time and i yeah. hadn't done a lot of research yet and millie i was like you need to make sure you wipe her vagina when you're changing her diaper and millie goes what's a vagina yeah. And I was like, okay, I've got to be better. Here we go. She's got to be, but I, and I need to be better. She's freaking eight or, you know, not, I don't think she was, I think she was like six, five or six, but either way, she yeah. should know what a vagina is. She has one. Okay. It's like, so true. She when should, you put it like that, like, duh. She, she knows she has an arm. She knows she has an ankle. Why well, does why, she not why know? Why can't she, I see vagina without laughing? Yeah. <laughs> like, she should know that she has a vagina. Okay. So anyways, and so practice saying it out loud yourself. If you feel awkward saying these things and you don't feel like it feels natural, you stare at yourself in the mirror practice telling yourself that you have a vagina that you have a penis like i'm saying i'm serious like for some reason i can say penis but vagina makes me laugh um so you know you put them in the same category as talking it to your children about these things because it's something to keep them safe yes it's you're not you know what i mean you're talking about these things in a to keep them safe. And that's why you want them to know these things. And so... And you know, I think there's so many resources right now that are available. One book, because pornography, sex was, like I said, sex came more natural for me. Talking about pornography scared the living crap out of me. Yeah. Because I didn't know how, like, how do you talk about that um, with these little, little minds? Books. And yeah, there's a really great book that helped us. So I have, my kids are eight and younger. Um... And so we use the good pictures, bad pictures, junior version. Yes. There's also a senior version. There is a senior version. I haven't read the senior. I've only read the junior. But I was amazed at how, I mean, they just do such a good job of, like, explaining it in a way that's like, oh, like, that was easy. Like, that makes sense. And it's easy for their minds to comprehend because, you know, I think every child's different. And like Lacey was saying, you know, she could sit down with June and have June's attention and have this big talk. Yes. My children, sex and pornography have not been just a sex talk. It has been a series of conversations. It's been a series of, you know, catching them at small moments where I have their attention before they're on to the next thing. Yeah. Um, and Good being point. able to talk to them about this because I really only have a limited amount of time to for my kids to really make an impact with my kids. You know what I mean? And so we have a series of talks and we have a series of talks because as they're growing, the information that I'm giving them is Changes. changing. Yes. And, and, and their body, you know, I just have a daughter who just, you know, is entering into puberty. And so obviously the conversation I'm having with her as she's becoming a, a young woman is different than the conversation I'm having with my three and four year old yeah. who 
are asking me, you know what I mean, different questions. Yes. So it, you know what I mean. But and I think by talking about it, Trace. Well, you started at a younger age than I did, but by talking about sex and pornography, it just makes it so the child feels safe coming to you. Yeah. And I think that's a main point that we want you to take away is if you talk about it, they will come to you when something comes up. Um, and if you don't talk about it, they're going to be so embarrassed that no, they probably won't come to you. Yeah. So make sure that you open those gates before it happens. One thing I think talking about it does as well is you demystify sex and porn. You take the curiosity out yes. of it. Huge. So, so now, you know, how many times when kids, they get these cell phones for the first time and they, their friends are talking, they want to know what pornography is because yes. they know what's wrong. But I mean, it's like I tell my girls. I tell my girls, it's okay. I say, okay. So, you know, people say, well, they say, well, why would people want to watch? Why would people want to watch pornography? Why would people want to watch people doing that? And I say, well, listen, honey, it's okay to be curious. Those are natural human instincts. It's like when you see dad naked. If you happen to walk in on dad naked while he's getting out of the shower and you don't know that he just got out of the shower, you walk in and you, you know, you know what's wrong. So you hurry and close the door because you know he's naked. But there's a part of you that was still curious to go straight to looking at his private parts. And she's like, at first they were like, no. And I was like, baby, it's okay. It's like even with me, I'm your mom. And when I'm in the bath I or whatever, you just, you're naturally curious to look at people naked. And that is an okay um, feeling to have. Like, because yeah. I, I don't want her to feel like she's doing something wrong by being curious yeah. about it. The you shame. know what I mean? The yeah. shame about it. But, but being open about it and talking about it, she knows that, okay, she's she's normal for having these curiosities. Yeah. But then she's also going to not, she's going to be comfortable with these curiosities that she doesn't feel the need to go look up porn or, you know, you take, you know, you know what I'm saying? For I just sure, hope by that, talking about it, like yes. you said, then it takes away this whole, like, they know what it Mysteri- is. Like, she Mystery. Knows, this is a penis, this is a vagina, they come together, like, she knows what it is. And, and we talk about it, it's, you know, yes. So I would say, you know, if you're listening right now and you're thinking, well, dang, I should have had this conversation three or four years ago with my kid. Like, it's never too late. Starting somewhere is better than starting never, right? So just take a moment and get some courage. (laughs) Say a prayer if you need to, whatever you need to do. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're like me and you were super nervous, just remember that it's a very natural thing. And the more comfortable and easy you make it and light and just like, yeah, this is... It's a good thing. Like, it's totally normal. Like, your kids will be able to feel that as well. Yes. Um, also, okay. Sorry. I was just thinking about what I wanted to say. But, um, like you were saying, if it's you've waited, if you feel like you've waited too long and you haven't, it's just, just set a time and just say, you know what? I love that. I, we need to have this talk. And for us... I find that I get my kids' attention the most. Um, we have all of our best talks, whether it's religion or I'm trying to teach them. It's all when they're locked in their car seats Ooh, in the car. I love that. My kids are like so all over the place that like 
I need them confined in a buckle, yes. in a straight jacket, where they can't escape me and run off and yeah. get, like half listen to me as they prance off away. And I'm like, okay, good talk. You have them you strapped in there. They're strapped in their car seats and they have no choice. And don't think that my children are not above this whole thing because they are. But, you know, um, at, or dinner time when they're eating dinner. Oh. It's when we talk about a lot of things is when they're eating dinner and they, you know, they're, we're all at the dinner table. I think it's a dying thing that families sit down and eat dinner together. Agreed. But I think you get some of your most impactful conversations at the dinner table. So just find what works for you and your family. Find what works for you and your kids. When do you find that you get the most impactful conversation with your children? Another time with some of my kids, it's I learn the most about my 11-year-old when I tuck her into bed at night. You know, I ask her, um, how was school today? Yeah. Oh, it was fine. And then I lay down in bed to give her, you know, I give my kids their 10 whatever, however many long before we go to bed, and I lay down by her. And then all of a sudden, that's when I learn about the girl who's been bullying her at school or what happened with her friends or this or that. So, you know, know your children and just find the time, but make it a priority and be intentional um, about when you're going to have these conversations with them. Because otherwise it'll never happen. If you're waiting for it to come up in conversation... Yeah. They won't bring it no, up. No, because they don't want to talk about well, it. Well, I would say very few children, I yes. should say, would bring it up. Um, and, you know, I love that part about laying in bed with them and just letting them chat. I think that's so important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the most important steps, I feel like, when talking about this with our children is to help them come up with a plan of action because we already said it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. So I know, Tracy, you've talked to your girls about kind of what they should do. Um, We role play. Will you kind of go over that for us? Yeah, so we just, we talk about, okay, so if you're at school and um, your friends, a lot of my girls' friends have the cell phones and my girls don't, but you know, they, they have friends with cell phones. So it's, you know, what happens if you're at school and you know, just, what do you how, how are you going to handle it because i think for our kids if we just say you don't look at these images we talk about pornography we, okay we've had the talk about sex pornography so that way um they, they know it's wrong okay well then when the you know the instance arises being the kid to walk away and being the odd man out that's a lot to ask of our 9 10 11 year olds even our teenagers yeah and, and so I think when you role play, it gets them comfortable. It's just become second nature to make those uncomfortable decisions and those embarrassing decisions because they are, I remember for me in my time when I have had to make hard choices of mm-hmm. leaving my senior prom when I was 10 thir- at 10.30 when my curfew wasn't until 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. because of things that were happening. You know, and it, I knew, like, of being embarrassed that I was going to be made fun of or pegged as yeah, the, the goody-goody good or yeah. whatever. Do you know what I'm saying? And so we role play and we talk about, okay, you're at school, you're at you're at a friend's house, you're you're on our own computer doing research for your for your schoolwork, especially with yeah. online school right um, now. Oh, huge! You know yeah. what I mean? It's your kids and these predators and these they know how to get into these kids sites and click yes. on something that seems so innocent mm-hmm. and and make it and up pops pornography yeah and teaching them how to close the computer and walk away come tell mom or you know just say you have to go to the bathroom and yeah. leave the, your friends group to go to the bathroom and you know what I mean if you need to tell a teacher or even if you don't want to go that far just walk away if your child has a cell phone 
Um, my kids don't yet, but eventually one day they will. Code words are great. And I think code words are yes. things you can use in more instances than just this. It Agreed. can be in any situation where they are uncomfortable and need help immediately to get out. I have friends that have older kids and they use code words and it's a great thing. And then they kind of have like a don't ask, don't tell. Like if, if they pick up their child and the child doesn't want to talk about it, you don't force them. You just trust and are proud that they got themselves out of, out of the, the situation. situation. That's cool. You know what I mean? Respect yeah. their boundaries as well and trust them that they got themselves out of the situation and they may not want to rat on their friends or things like that, but they made the right choice. And that's as much as I think as parents, that's hard, but that's as much as we need to know. I, I think, you know, I love that you said that. Because I think as parents, we like to be in control. Tell me, I'm going to go beat her ass right now. Like, I am not. Hold my earrings, Felicia. I am not above about freaking taking out a fifth grader, okay? Like, no. Where's Felicia's mom? <laughs> no, I'm, angry. I'm going straight to Felicia because the mom ain't clearly ain't doing her job, okay? But again, no. Oh no. My gosh. It's, it's, no, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to be a parent in this day and age. It yeah. really is. And you know, one thing that, I think we both feel super passionate about though is to remember especially girls at least i'm coming from obviously a woman perspective um but we need to teach our kids that sex is something natural and it's a gift from god and while porn is evil and obviously we're learning about the dangers of the world and how um awful certain things can be sex within marriage is not a negative thing no. right and so that's something that I think as we talk about, it becomes once again normal and we yeah. can share with them what sex is really supposed to be. And it's not going to be something that they learn about through pornography or through some abusive husband or some boyfriend emo- or you know what I mean? emotionless um, act. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's when two people truly love and care about each other. And it's when, you know, when you're emotionally and mature enough to be able to take on what comes, comes with, with that. that. You know what I mean? And exactly. one thing I always tell my kids, whether it's with cell phones or the things that we talk about, we always talk, you know, do you trust me? And you know what I mean? A relationship is a two-way thing. I Just because I'm the parent and you're the child, a relationship is a two-way thing. There's yes. two lines of communication. There's two lines of trust. And just like I want to trust you to make good choices, I want you to trust me that... What I'm teaching you is, is the truth. And I, I'm, you know what I mean? I understand. I'm not, this isn't a means to control you. This isn't a means of, you know, to it's because be you the, the water boy mom, you know, like the water boy mom syndrome of freaking everything's of the devil. I mean, because yeah. I have a tendency to be that way, but it's, you know, it's just making sure that they know that it's a important respectful thing that when the time is right in their life and your job is to help prepare them for when that time is right and they will know that and to come to you if they have any questions and trust me over their friend in elementary school who got her information from her older brother or whatever do you know what i'm saying because i will tell them the truth their friends might not know the truth. Not they're not lying on purpose. They just don't. They're not. They're not experienced. You know. Yeah. And you know, I think there's so many highlights that we can share with this as far as like resources go. So we'll make sure that we share the resources that have helped us. 
But if you guys have any resources that have helped you along the way, we would love for you to send them to us so that we can share them and better educate other moms as well. Or questions. You know, I feel like this is a topic that I could go off on so many different things of, you know, with teenagers or whatever. So much research that we have done um, about this through human trafficking and, you know... um, Life experiences. Life experiences. And I and so we've we're very passionate that the more we educate our kids, the less likely it's for them to be a victim yeah. to these things. And so um if you have any questions or want to know better verbiage or things that you can use for your kids, feel free to message us. Yes. Um and we would love to also be one of your resources if it's easier than a book or whatever else. So yeah, we appreciate it and Talk to you guys soon. Thanks, guys. As always, thanks so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye.